Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here once again with Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, I, I know it feels like we just talked. Maybe that's <laughs> because we did. But this episode is actually coming out on Wednesday and not Tuesday because we decided to break it up into two. But uh, today we're going to be discussing some rivalries in Alabama's. I mean, obviously, Auburn's up there, you know, the Iron Bowl, regardless of how good or bad they are in state competition. It's got its own name. I don't think anybody's ever going to question if Auburn is a rival or not. But when you start talking about some of these other Alabama rivals, you know, LSU, Tennessee, uh, those have kind of come into question. And how big are those rivalries? Are they rivalries at all? And then also some recent ones. Right. So, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about that and, you know, just get your opinion on it. And we'll start with the big one, which is Tennessee, which the reason that we're even having this conversation is yesterday. You know, Michael Bratton, Mike Bratton, SEC Mike on Twitter, who's got his own show, uh, podcast. He does a fantastic job. He asked me, based off of a conversation that he was having, do Alabama fans still consider the Alabama-Tennessee game a rivalry game, even though Alabama has lost, or excuse me, Tennessee has lost a lot over the last, in fact, they haven't won in 15 years. So do you consider it a rivalry game? Well, I mean, I do for sure. Uh, maybe I have a looser definition than others, but the way I look at it, Clint, is I don't so much look at it like who's winning now. And, and I, I guess I've just been around long enough to see everything cyclical. There was a time Tennessee was beating our ass all the time. I mean, there was a time we lost to them six or seven years in a row. Uh, right now, we've been on the upside of that cycle for a long time, longest streak it's been a while. We, we, Alabama's won a bunch now, 15 in a row, 14 in a row, something like that. Uh, but it's still a rivalry because there's a hundred year history here. Uh, Alabama hasn't won a hundred years in a row. There is going to come a time that Tennessee breaks the streak. There's going to come a time when Tennessee's a better program than Alabama for a brief period of time. Again, that will happen again. So to me, it doesn't really matter that Alabama's been on the upside of things. Uh, for as long as they've had. Uh, to, to me, it matters about the history of the series, the fan bases. And I'll tell you what, what's turned it on for me a little bit, Clint, or what I've gotten used to it is, uh, you know, I don't care that much about SEC baseball, and Alabama's not that great right now and didn't make the NCAA tournament. So this really doesn't have anything to do with Alabama. I would just say that there will probably be two or three SEC teams in the College World Series. And I'm going to root for them. I rooted for Mississippi State last year to win the national championship, and they did. And I was really excited for them and their fans. And I pulled for that team. And I'm going to pull for the SEC teams in the College World Series. But I'm not pulling for Tennessee. And, 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 and it's because of the way they've acted all year and, and they're, they're, the fact that they're just a trash-talking, fairly classless bunch 
that also when someone does the same thing to them that they do to everybody else, they get all offended. It's like the most, they, they act like entitled little leaguers and it, it infuriates me. And I wonder if, why am I so upset? Maybe because it's Tennessee. Maybe that's that orange is what pushed me over the top as to why I get personally offended by the way that baseball team acts. So I, I think that rivalry is still alive with me. I don't, I, I, I say I'd be just as mad at Missouri if they were acting the same way, but I, I don't know that I would. So my answer is yes, it's still a rivalry and there's still some uh, emotions there. I think you're 100% correct. I think that the baseball thing, look, I think baseball has been an outlet for Tennessee fans. It's kind of like Auburn and basketball. If you were to truly ask and poll Auburn fans, your basketball program and that success completely goes away, but you become the Alabama of college football. You're winning national championships every other year. Uh, You've got the best coach. You're getting the best recruits. You're sending the most players to the NFL. Auburn fans are making that trade, not out of 10 of them, in my opinion. They might not admit that because that's not even an option, and you would never want to admit that. But if that was truly an option on the table, I believe a lot of Auburn fans would take it. Tennessee, they would trade every bit of success that they've had in baseball, in my opinion. Their fan base would for the level of success that some of these other programs have had in football. Uh, But they don't have that option. They haven't had that option in quite a while. So they take what they can get. This is a sport where you get to be on top. You get to be the trash talkers. No one can say anything to you about your program because you're running the show and you're not only are you doing it, you've adopted this kind of villain mentality. And I do think that that one, now that that's kind of been adopted, I think if Tennessee has success in football, you're going to get a very similar mentality in that sport as well. They're going right. to uh, really love embracing this villain mentality and having this edge and talking trash. And, you know, when you look at Alabama and Tennessee, and I've told people this for years now, for at least three or four years, the day it might not be a huge rivalry game right now in the eyes of some newer fans, which you're allowed to, you know, if you see Alabama on TV all the time and you see success, people that weren't a fan, you know, a diehard before it's called the bandwagon. You know, they've come on, on, on board. You've got younger fans, you know, five or six years old when Nick Saban got to Alabama. Now they're, you know, going to college and they're, you know, going to Alabama and they've, they're becoming fans. They just don't remember, you know, a time where Alabama wasn't kicking the crap out of Tennessee pretty much every year. So I, I understand that. But the second, these, because you got to think, what happened with Georgia? Georgia has been Alabama's punching bag for quite a while. Since that overtime game in Nick Saban's first season, when Georgia played Alabama, granted there was, not since there, was, there were no close games, obviously the 2012 SEC Championship, Obviously, the 2017 that was played in 2018, that national championship, that was obviously a huge game and a close game that Georgia probably should have won. You had the SEC championship that same year in 2018. Georgia probably should have won that game as well. So I'm not saying that Alabama's just destroyed them every time they played. They've beaten them every time. And there was just, and there's nothing Georgia fans can say. It had been 15 years since they had gotten a victory against Alabama. Doesn't matter how much success you have on the recruiting trail. Good, congratulations. You beat Nick Saban in Alabama on the recruiting trail. Has that translated to you beating them on the field? No. The second Georgia won, though, they have about 33 18 Alabama fans to death. It is the yeah, trump card right now. Every time that Alabama fans say anything, the it's just simply 33 18. Uh, it's the it's the trump card. So my point being, imagine getting that from the Tennessee end. Imagine 15 years of trash talk that's gone one way. 
the yep. second Tennessee finally beats Alabama, whether it's this year, next year, 10 years from now, don't know when it'll be. Huh. But the second that happens, this rivalry, which is, you know, faded in a lot of people's minds, is going to instantly jump back to the top because the trash talk and the hate. Imagine those baseball fans that are just loving rubbing things in and their success in right now. Imagine them having success in football and finally beating Alabama and actually being able to say something on Twitter about football for the first time since Twitter existed to an Alabama fan. Imagine how that's going to be. That's going to obviously nope. piss, piss off a lot of Alabama fans, and the hate's going to be flowing right back the other way. And the fact that you can say that tells you it's a rivalry game. They'll, they'll, they'll act like the playing field is now level. We've leveled it up. We've leveled it up. We finally won. And instead of looking like, hey, now we're 1-15 and 15 against those guys, it'll be like we're at 500. It's back. It's back on. We're back on an even keel, uh, which would be ridiculous because I don't even think we're on an even keel with Georgia who beat us to win a national championship. Uh, So, so yeah, I'm with you and and I'm with you hundred percent when they do beat us and they will, it could even happen this fall. Uh, It's going to be, the reaction will be outrageous. And and I saved uh, the, the posts, the tweets from the Tennessee fans who thought our baseball team celebrated too much when they beat number one, Tennessee in Knoxville, Uh, our very average baseball team beat them in Knoxville. Uh, I don't think they'd lost an SEC game all season. Uh, and, and their fans complained that we celebrated, that Alabama baseball players celebrated too much. And I'm like, all right, noted, noted. Let's see how Tennessee acts. Let's see how Tennessee acts when they beat us in football. It's going to make that Alabama celebration look like a polite clap in church. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be, it'll be a field rush. 100%, especially if it happens this year in Knoxville. There's not a doubt in my mind they'll take the fine gladly. And you know what? Uh, that That's fine. See, I don't have any problem with what Alabama did in baseball. I mean, if you talk about 15 years of getting beat and you finally get that victory, if, if you're a Tennessee fan and you're not overly excited, too much excited, then I don't think you're a true Tennessee fan if that were to happen. Great. So, I, you know, but now granted, the, the attitude of some of the players – and stuff, you know, in baseball, don't condone any of that stuff. Think they've taken it way too far. But I'm talking about from the, for the average Tennessee fan, uh, getting excited if they get that upset. If they want to rush the field, first of all, you expect it. Second of all, I can respect it. Uh, I get that completely. Um, and when you look at Tennessee, I think, A, they're going to have to have a good football team to beat Alabama. I don't think it's going to be, you know, when's the last time a, a six and six team upset right. Alabama? It just doesn't happen that often. I mean, eight and four. Texas A&M last year, who I think was better than eight and four, you know, it took them, you know, on the road in a hostile environment and Alabama doing a lot wrong to give them the opportunity. But I think that, and, and this is why, and this might not be a popular thing to say, but I've told a lot of people this year, if I were to pick one game on Alabama schedule, because I think that there are several losable games. I'm not saying that Alabama is going to lose them, but I'm predicting an 11 and one season. And if you're asking me to pick one game, I would probably predict the Tennessee game. And the reason being is this. I think you go on the road and you play a very tough, physical, hard-nosed Arkansas team on the road, and that's number one. And then the very next week, and imagine the storylines that's going to be coming out prior to Texas A&M. All these comments that have happened this summer, they're all creeping back up into the conversation. The fact that Texas A&M beat Alabama last year, and that kind of they, they, they regress from an overall record standpoint. 
and yet they progressed, and we all know why, you know, a lot of what contributed to that. But at the same time, them beating Alabama was kind of their selling point to a lot of people. Uh, finally getting over that hump, Jimbo Fisher became the first assistant to beat Nick Saban, you know, all of that stuff. And so you talk about a ton of emotion. Nick Saban it does a great job of managing emotions. I think that Alabama will handle themselves extremely well in that football game. But there will be a lot of motivation on both sides to win. And I think it will be a tough, physically fought game. Jimbo Fisher and his guys are going to want to rally. I mean, all of his players are going to want to rally around Jimbo Fisher for his comments and say, we got you back on the field, coach. We're going to play extra hard this week. We're going to get this done for you. Whether they do or they don't, I think it's a tough, physical, emotional game. And by the way, as far as Texas A&M is concerned, they're breaking in a lot of new starters on defense. They're breaking in a new quarterback. But where that game uh, happens in early October, A&M's going to have plenty of time to break in their new quarterback, get him comfortable. Any young contributors you know, from that star recruiting class, that star defensive line class they brought in, by game six or seven when this game's happening, you're talking about all of those guys, your contributors are going to be comfortable in their roles they should be a much more completed product compared to where they were or are going to be at the beginning of the season. I think that it makes the AM game that much tougher. And then you've got to go to Knoxville, Neyland Stadium, on the road. It's been 15 years. Every year that you win, it becomes that much harder to keep the streak alive. And this is a good, you know, Josh Heupel offense. It's tough to defend. But then also, so that you're going to have that aspect of it. And Tennessee – if they're good, especially, that place is going to be absolutely rocking. And then, you know, if there was a bye week the next week or there was a cupcake, you know, from a preparation standpoint, it's like, okay, if we can get through this week, we get a little bit of a break. Let's, you know, let's put all hands on deck this week, get through it. We got Austin P next week. We got, you know, Utah State, Louisiana Monroe, or we got a bye week, you know, that kind of thing. I think it would be a little bit different. But the very next week, you've got a Mike Leach-led offense which is right. a very a diff, a difficult offense to defend, a very unorthodox offense. It's not something you see every week. Coming to Tuscaloosa with a veteran quarterback with Will Rogers, so you've got another game that you've got to be already putting some guys on and looking a little bit ahead to. So I could see, I could see Tennessee being a very tough game to win following two very emotional games and then also having to look ahead to Mississippi State a little bit and start preparing for that Mike Leach offense being on the road is just a recipe where I could see it happening. It's an excellent uh, breakdown, and 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 I'll I'll sum it up quickly in terms of I'm with you. I'm leaning towards eleven and one as my official prediction for Alabama this fall. I'm going to go eleven and one, and I'm going to say Alabama is going to lose one of those road games. I haven't settled on which one it is yet, but I do think Alabama is likely to lose to either Tennessee or Arkansas or Ole Miss uh, on the road, uh, it's going to be one of them. And, and it's not because we're not as good as that team. That has nothing to do with anything. I mean, the Yankees are the best team in Major League Baseball, and the Oakland A's may be the worst. And guess what? If they played five times in a row, the A's are going to win once. I mean, it's the same It's the same concept. I mean, you ain't going to win every week. It doesn't matter how good you are or how much better you are than the other team. It's eventually going to catch up with you. So, uh, most Saban teams, by the way, have finished 11 and one, not 12 and 0. I mean, the 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 the, the traditional, conventional Saban team is 11 and one, not 12 and 0. Yet when you pick the team to go 11 and one, some of the fans act like you're from Mars. Like you know, most of the time they go 11 and one, people. So 
Uh, I'm with you, 11 and one. One of the road games. I haven't settled on it being Tennessee, but you, you, it, it could it could easily be Tennessee in that matchup for all the reasons you stated. Think about this. I mean, every year it's kind of the always the same recipe when we start talking about wins and losses. It's always a team that played Alabama close the year before. Year before that we are we're expecting to kind of take that next step. Last year, who was it? It was Ole Miss. Everybody yep. thought, you know what, Ole Miss is going to be even better than they were in year one under Lane Kiffin. They were correct, by the way. They did improve from an overall record standpoint. They were, you know, playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. But what happened? Alabama completely destroyed Ole Miss in that game. Think about the two losses that happened. Texas A&M was one of them. The year before, Alabama completely destroyed them. They had destroyed them several years in a row. Then Texas A&M sneaks up, and they finally get that victory. You talk about Georgia. The last couple of times that Alabama had played Georgia, Alabama had smoked them. They smoked them last year, you know, in Tuscaloosa. Then, the, then the, a year later in the SEC championship game, they had completely smoked them there. Now, granted, I think a lot of people actually saw that coming in the national championship game where it was going to be a lot closer. But my point is, it's always these teams that kind of you don't expect. They're good, they're good teams. You've got to be a good team to beat Alabama. But it's not the ones that you're expecting, which is why I, I actually think it's possible that Alabama could completely not destroy Arkansas but based off of current plot points or data points that we've been working with, I could see 2022 Arkansas being similar to 2021 Ole Miss. The only difference yeah. is it's on the road, and that does make, it a, lot more, it does make it a lot more difficult. As but, much as I'm saying 11-1, and one, I, do think, I do also argue this could be Saban's best team. It could be Saban's best team. I would also say – I think you can make a case Saban's best team was the 2016 team. They didn't win the national championship at all. So what what I'm saying is this could be Saban's best team. Maybe the best team was 2020 and they won every game. And and this team might do that. Or maybe Saban's best team was 2016 and they did lose a game ends up costing them the national championship. But that doesn't mean that the 2016 team sucked and the 2020 team was great. The difference between those two teams in terms of overall performance is, is a hair. I mean, uh, it, it just 16, you know, just played the wrong team at the wrong time and lost by one play. Uh, you know, 2020, they, they managed to rise above it all. So so we could go undefeated. They, they could win the national title as an undefeated team. I think they're probably good enough to do that. But, hey, the other team's good, too. You know, the other team's got good players, too. Uh, there's 32 first-round picks. Last year, only two of them came from Alabama. Not not all the great players are all at one place. They're, everybody's got good players. I think 2018 is probably one of Alabama's best teams ever, uh, especially, especially the offense, and they ended up you know completely getting destroyed in the uh, national title game against Clemson. But, uh, yeah, and, and I think LSU very similar. You know, Alabama's won a ton in that series. I think that the rivalry was about to really get interesting when Alabama – got upset by that, or I wouldn't say, say got upset by him, but when LSU won in 2019 and then Ed Orgeron did all that trash talking, you know, in the locker room, that video got leaked and, and, you know, the stuff at midfield and, you know, we're going to beat them in recruiting. We're going to beat them on the field, all that stuff. The rivalry was about to get to a very interesting place with them. And then they ended up being terrible three and four in 2020. Everybody knew Alabama was going to slaughter them. And then the next year, same thing. So they, they end up being super down and I think that made, you know, what was going to be a lot of positive momentum for that rivalry. I think it kind of faded a little bit, but I still consider LSU a rival because of the Nick Saban history. You talk about A&M quickly becoming a rivalry because of the drama between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. 
you know, Georgia with the fact that they beat Alabama and you got Kirby, that's, you know, becoming one. But the, the two main ones, Auburn and Tennessee, those are the ones that are never going away. I don't care what happens. Uh, and then I would put LSU as a third there. And you can right. add some other teams in there that are good, but I think those would be the two. So that's going to do it for another episode of the Bama on three show. Jimmy, appreciate you taking a little bit of extra time and, and hopping back on here with me to get this recorded. You know, we'll get back probably, I guess, next week sometime. And we'll have some interesting topics for you guys to talk about. So, Jimmy, as always, I appreciate you uh, hopping on here with me, brother. Sure. We'll see all you guys on the Bama on three message board. Absolutely, man. I'm going to be hopping on there a little bit later today and answer any questions. And we actually got some fun stuff planned. So definitely tune in for that. Once again, we appreciate you guys tuning in to today's show of the Bama on three show. I'm your host, Clint Lamb. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.